The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. saved us from our sins, our lives are now in God. We desire the Holy Word to order where we trod. All for Christ, yet anything for self we count as dross. We're pilgrims with a crown With our Bibles open today to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 3, first a word of prayer, and then we introduce a new sermon series today. Our Father in heaven, I come now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the dear Son of God, and I'm asking you now for grace and power and for the help of the Holy Ghost in these moments of preaching. Edify the saints. Notify the sinner, magnify your word, glorify your name, and testify of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our prayer is in his name, and for Jesus' sake, amen and amen. Ephesians chapter number 3, and look at verse number 7. Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, whereof? or of the gospel, whereof I was made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. That is the phrase which we want to lift and entitle a series of messages, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, for these riches to be unsearchable, it means that we cannot trace them to their end. We cannot discover them and find them 
to their fullest manifestation. But brethren, we can try. We can search out the great truths of our Savior and find unsearchable riches where we will never find the end, never reach the top, never see the bottom or the vastness of the wealth of the riches in Christ Jesus. Obviously, we are not speaking of riches measured in dollars and cents, in silver and gold. No, these are those heavenly blessings for the saints, and they're all bound up in the Lord Jesus himself. Romans 11 and verse 33 describes this word unsearchable. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. These are the descriptions of the unsearchable riches of Christ. They are past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things. To whom be glory for ever. Amen. Now, whenever we lift a phrase to entitle either a message or a series, I believe it's always proper to keep that scripture in its context, lest we mar the meaning and distort the teaching of God's word. But I do have liberty from God to entitle a series on the unsearchable riches of Christ. First, the context in today's message, in brief. And then the blessedness of considering Christ and all that he is for you and for me who are the children of God. And then by God's grace, we embark on a study of the greatest man who ever lived, even him who is God manifest in the flesh. Now, the book of Ephesians is an epistle of Paul, and within this letter, we see great and glorious truths of the Christian life. Paul's normal method is to lay down doctrine first, and continues to duty. Chapters 1, 2, and 3, doctrine. Chapters 4, 5, and 6, duty. First, we see and understand precept, and then we bring it into practice. In the order of our experience, belief comes first and behavior follows after. First, you must be born again. You must be saved in order to serve. This epistle, I believe, could be set under this theme. It is the walk of the believer in light of his position in Christ and his place in the church. Chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 is simply an introduction to this letter. The body of the letter is chapter 1, verse 3 through chapter 6, verse 20, and then a short conclusion, chapter 6, 
verses 21 through 24, and I love how Paul closes out the epistle to the Ephesians. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. So chapter 1, verse 3, through the end of chapter 3, we find doctrine to ground the saints. These are great spiritual truths or what we must know. The saints' position of blessing in Christ in chapter 1. The saints' place of belonging in Christ, chapter 2. And the saints' privilege of boldness in Christ, chapter number 3. Then in chapters 4 through 6, verse 20, we find direction to guide the saints, doctrine to ground us, but then direction to guide us, great spiritual truths in our doctrine, things we must know, great practical truths in this direction or how we must walk. You find the believers walk as a matter of devotion, chapter 4, and then designation, chapter 5, we're to walk in love, we're to walk in purity of life, we're to walk in that brilliancy of light, and then the dedication of the believer's walk at home, and then on the job or as a servant and master relationship. And then chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, where he deals with spiritual warfare, this we call the difficulty of the believer's walk. This is no bed of roses. This is no walk in the park. Brethren, we are in a battle. We are on a battlefield and we are engaged in spiritual warfare. Now back to our text, the unsearchable riches of Christ. It is found in that doctrinal section in chapter 3. We see here the saint is blessed to have the privilege of boldness and access in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 11 of chapter 3. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. And it is within this framework that we find our topic concerning the unsearchable riches of Christ. It is therefore connected with New Testament truth, which had been hidden in God from the beginning of the world and restricted from the view of those living prior to Christ's incarnation, or what we would call the days of Old Testament times. And this hidden truth, which was concealed in the past, is now being revealed in the present. It was previously hidden, presently revealed. This is what the Bible calls a mystery. Consider Romans 16, verses 25 through 27. Paul mentions Ephesians 3, 4, whereby when you read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. A mystery, therefore, is not something that cannot be figured out, but something that God 
is revealing now. And so God has chosen to conceal certain aspects of his divine plan for the ages throughout those successive ages. But in due time, even in his appointed time, he chose to reveal these aspects or mysteries. Romans 16, there's the revelation of the mystery in a singular fashion. And then you compare that with Ephesians 3 here and Colossians 1. We arrive at the conclusion that the apostle is here referring to the mystery of Christ and his church. Therefore, within the writings of the New Testament is revealed the hidden truths of Christ in the believer, the believer in the church, whether he be Jew or Gentile, and then the church in the world, manifesting the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose of God in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's all we can say now, and Lord willing, we'll finish up the context as we begin this journey down the path, searching for the unsearchable riches of Christ. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.